I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So a little inside baseball, we were all set to do the mailbag for today's podcast. And it was about 9.30 in the morning. And I think about two or three minutes before that, Tom Brady retires. And the first thought I had was, boy, Jim Gray must be upset. <laughs> I mean, Steve, he was on Jim Gray, the Let's Go podcast, and he spent, I don't know, 10 minutes of his 30-minute segment talking about how he'll know when the time is right, and he'll announce what he wants to announce whenever he decides. Well, didn't take him long after that to decide. Apparently after Goodness. the interview, he said, I'm tired of these interviews. I'm retiring. Yeah. Like, don't ask me again. Okay, all right, I, you got me. I, and he didn't call Jim Gray back. It would have been a much better. Although, it was it was brilliant. Again, the genius of marketing is a new special time tonight, 7 p.m., Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald on the Let's Go podcast. Tom Brady answers questions about his future. Well, he didn't answer any questions about his future, but those ratings were through the roof, I guarantee you, because we all had to listen. Uh, and then we all had to react to uh, what was the official retirement of Tom Brady. I must admit, I, you know, for a part of me, I was very sad for Tampa Bay because, like, you know, you kind of knew it was inevitable. I mean, we've been saying that, well, the Bucks, the Bucks haven't gotten the word. You know, they haven't gotten the word. Well, I, I guess officially they got it on Monday night. Tom Brady called Jason Light, and they chatted for a while, and he told him what was going to happen on, you know, in the morning, on Tuesday morning. But... This is, you know, it was it was such a unbelievable two years. I mean, it, it just, you know, I think Jason Light, we talked to him on his um, Zoom call around 6 p.m. on Tuesday, and he called it, he called it a fairy tale. And that's really what it was. It was a fairy, two years of a fairy tale uh, for this area, for the Bucks, for Brady, right, who, who, you know, wanted so badly to go to a new place, find a different way to do it show that he was every bit or more, and in this case, more the reason why they won all those Super Bowls, and he does it in his first year during a pandemic. I mean, all that, right? I mean, it was a fairy tale. Had the best record with the Packers in the NFL this year, but for some bad calls by Todd Bowles, they're probably still playing right now, maybe headed to the Super Bowl, who knows? But he couldn't have played any better and brought him back from a 24-point deficit. I mean, just think about that. The guy plays 21 seasons. He's 44 years old. 22 seasons. He's 44 years old. And the last image we have of him is erasing a 24-point deficit to the Rams and leading them back, you know, including like the last touchdown pass he threw was like 57 yards in the air perfectly to Mike Evans. I mean, you know, he led the league in passing. You couldn't. Forget about him saying that uh, I'll quit when I suck. He never sucked. He he actually beat time. I mean, as football goes, the skills are supposed to erode like Ben Roethlisberger, like Drew Brees. He actually beat time, and Tom won. Uh, but Tom went out on his own terms. And But it's sad. It's kind of like, yeah, well, now what? Right? We'll, we'll talk about what's next because we had a chance to talk to Jason Light. But this is really, 
you know, in announcing his his retirement, um, he said what needed to be said, which was, and this is the reason, simply that he couldn't make the competitive commitment anymore. You know, and he's always been all in. I mean, from his entire career, you go back, you know, to what Sierra High School. I mean, he, you know, mm-hmm. get going to Michigan was six string quarterback when he got to Ann Arbor and 199th draft pick, and you know that that's what his his story is one of success through just absolute hard work and will and sacrifice. Not the most talented, certainly not the biggest, not the strongest. But he just said it, and it's true. I don't think people realize, unless you're around the sport professionally, that is, um, just what, as he said, a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every, and he said all caps, every single day. Every single day this guy has done something throughout his career, even in the offseason, to maximize the most he could get out of his, his, uh, his potential. And he said, you know, there's just no no shortcuts. Um, but now, you know, at 44, we, we knew that there were other things he said requires his attention. And has a vast business resume we can get into. But he also, the predominant thing is his, is his family, his wife and family. And I suspect, and I don't know this for sure, I suspect he knew when the season started this was his last year. And not maybe. But that he knew, you know, and one day he'll be asked that. He was asked that at New England about the last year with the Patriots. When did he know? And he said, I knew at the start of the season because I didn't have a contract. They made that decision not to extend me. So I knew, you know, that it was the last year. And I kind of kind of went around, you know, understanding that, you know, so that I could appreciate what, you know, what being a Patriot was and all of that. I think... I think he probably knew, you know, to start this year. Um, but the time was coming. And you could see it. You could see, you know, you could see his other interests. Not that they, they didn't take more of a front seat to football, but he certainly pushed them out there. You know, he, he became more involved in other businesses. And, you know, the clothing line at the end of this year uh, that came out in January, uh, you know, obviously, TV twelve's always taking a lot of his time, but there were there were other things too that he was doing, and those sort of businesses have a huge upside, but also a requirement of his time. And I, I never could, I give him credit because I never could figure out for a guy who had so many things going on. Even the gym, you know, we do a podcast five days a week. It's not the you got to allow from time. They do it on video. I'm sure they have, you know, all the best people, producers. He's got to sit down, though, for a half hour. I mean, his time, to say the least, with three kids, a wife, and, you know, everything else, but has a production company. You know, he's the executive producer of the Man in the Arena series, TV12. Um, Last year they founded Autograph, that digital collectibles site, you know, uh, that – you know, they recently raised like $170 million in funding. He's got cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, card trading service, uh, Alt, uh, creator platform, Sage Spot. He's got, you know, a ton of things, and you can't, you can't begin to get to those and maximize those without your time. So he's moving into a different 
period of his life. Obviously, he's not going to be a player, but um, and the biggest thing he wrote is his family. You know, his greatest achievement, and um, so he always came off the field, and obviously he had you know a great wife. As you know, any of us that do work a lot of hours like you do, Steve, you can't you can't even begin to attempt to do this stuff without your family, and they sacrifice not having you around and having to keep you know get the kids have to do a lot. So, you know, it was inevitable, but it, but it is, it's sad. And I think, I think Tampa Bay was as good for Brady as Brady was for Tampa Bay. And John Romano wrote, John Romano, sorry, wrote a tremendous column that I encourage everybody to read on TampaBay.com and in Tampa Times. I'm not just saying that because he's ours, but he's really good. And he put it beautifully, which was, you know, we only had him for two years. You know, it's like, okay. But the memories he left here will truly last forever for a lifetime. And not only that, you know, we needed that shot in the arm. You know, this this has been a, you know, oh, the race, nobody can draw. Oh, you know, um, whether it was coincidence or certainly he he led the part of it with the Bucks, but the eye started you know, focusing on Tampa Bay and the, and and it just coincided with the lightning winning back to back Stanley cup playoffs, the Rays, you know, winning the American league and going to the world series. One of those years, it, it just Tampa Bay became a cool place again, became, and it'll, you know, we'll never probably have this same sort of, you know, synergy for, for a hundred years, but you know, it really was, the center of the sports world and has been now for at least a couple seasons. Um, but it was good for Tom in that he got away from New England, got away from the, the Patriot way, um, got to express himself more, found another way to do it The you know, with the new coach, Bruce Arians, who's about as opposite of Bill Belichick, but both of them very demanding. New teammates, um, got to bring in guys he wanted to play with. Uh, anything he asked the Glazers, they said yes. Anything he asked, any trade you wanted for Jason Light or player, including Antonio Brown, they said yes. So they gave him everything he needed to continue on and play at the level, the championship level he wanted, and he won a Super Bowl. I mean, that's so hard to do, and even though Tom did it seven times, it's still it's incredible. And at his age, um, you know, to play as hard as he did, it was great. So... I, I was sad. I was sad for Tampa fans and, and uh you know, and I and I'll be honest, it doesn't hurt us. It doesn't hurt if your job is sports in Tampa Bay, if you cover the Bucks and you want people reading and you want to write meaningful stories, I think they're all meaningful, but obviously there's a lot a lot bigger audience from here to New England and across the world that I wanna read about Tom Brady. The same way they want to read about Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan. Um so this has been a real, you know, positive experience. And now it just feels like the music stops, right? It does a little bit. I was talking to uh, Jacob over at the Lightning. He um, mm-hmm. runs one of the, the runs websites and stuff. Yeah. Born and raised here. Went away from yeah. college but came back. But his, mm-hmm. his family has season tickets and has for years. He's mm-hmm. a diehard Tampa Bay sports fan. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about. I got to go to a playoff game for the first time. Mm. He's a younger guy. 
Yeah, you know, that, they that, had the had game one. against the Eagles. That's the first playoff game he's ever been to. Wow. Thanks to Tom Brady. Sam is my son. He's 26 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was just like, you know, he's sad it's over. Mm-hmm. But it's like Tom Brady gave us a, a Super Bowl. Yeah. He brought us playoff games. Yeah. He brought sold out Raymond James Stadium and excitement and jerseys right. all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it stinks it was done after two years. Right. But, man, wouldn't you rather have those two years than not? I mean, he, oh. took, he went to the worst franchise mm-hmm. in American sports, mm-hmm. record-wise. Right. And took them to a Super and won a Super Bowl for them. They're no longer the worst team. I don't know if, how far they've moved up, but they're, they're not the worst anymore. Right. It's incredible. I mean, you know, and hearing, you know, his teammates, what they've said, and, and other players, and the accolades he's getting, they're all deserved. Yeah. Well, they kind of ran his, you know, his career funeral over the weekend, but they really kicked it into high gear once this was official, and um, even more people came out and said some things, and they had the videos, and, all, and you sit back and you watch these things, and you go, man, I don't know that there's, you know, somebody was at, well, you know, where is he ranked with other, I, I can't compare sports, I can't compare basketball and football, I just know this, a generation of people don't remember the NFL without Tom Brady in it, I do. You you probably do, but a generation of people don't even know what that what that's going to look like. They really don't. And you know, they're obviously going to be quarterbacks that fill that void. We saw them in the playoffs. We're seeing them in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, obviously, you know the Josh Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes for sure. Um, th- there'll be others, but you know, there was a time when Marino and Elway in Montana. Nobody thought, how could we ever, you know, replace those guys. And along came Tom Brady. And so Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. And, you know, talk about a Hall of Fame class, by the way. <laughs> um, you got Roethlisberger. You Big got Brady. Ben, Brady. Uh, maybe Gronk. We'll get to him. Maybe he Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Adrian Peterson could be done. Richard Sherman may not make first ballot in 2027. Because there's just too many automatics. Yeah, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers is done and Adrian Peterson's done, yeah, there's the three quarterbacks Gronk. and Peterson, Gronk, and then it's Gronk or Sherman, and those, those are, just, are all first ballot. Those are just guys. the first timers, and it could be a you know someone who's been on the ballot before that. Yeah, I mean, but just I don't know that if you're not in like if you're not one of those dudes, you may there may not be any spots left. There's only five mm-hmm. modern day. Yep. There might be five slam dunk modern day first ballot guys. And we don't know who's going to retire between now and you know the start of next season. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be an incredible class for sure. Um, and you know the uh, there's this idea out there that the players that the organization and I remember when Jason Light when they got Tom to come here and they were very proud because he could have gone anywhere and he chose the Bucks and he really did. He did his homework and and I think. There was other, I think San Francisco, there were other places he would have liked to have gone probably before Tampa Bay. But anyway, he came here. They added a lot of things to him. Um, but there's a certain amount of pride, you know, in that story that, that you know, he chose Tampa. Um, and therefore, a lot of people wanted to play with him. The question is now, and they hoped this would happen. It did a little bit in Denver. The question is, 
what does he leave behind? And I don't mean Super Bowl rings and le- legacy and what he did, but c- could he have changed, and for how long, without his presence, could he have changed the culture of this organization? You know, I mean, they won, what, 29 games, 28, 28 games, 29 games in two years. That's a lot of games for this team that I assure you, because I've done it enough, he's usually 5-11 and 11 every season. Mm-hmm. But 29 games in two years, best record in football this year, playoff games, playoff wins, 5-1 and one in the playoffs, Super Bowl, all of that, and just in two years. So that's a lot of winning, right? So that's, you know, and they won in, in, in all kinds of ways, mostly because of Brady, but they won because they they were down and came from behind. They won because the defense had to get stops. They won because the defense got turnovers. Uh, they won running the ball. They run, won throwing the ball. They won because they believed mostly in number 12, but in each other. You know, it was a, it was a close-knit, caring team. Like the guys on this team that have been here these last two years at least will tell you They've never been part of this. They've never been on on a team that never, you know, got along so well, sacrificed, weren't selfish, worked so hard, one goal, you know, all of that cliche stuff. But they actually lived it. They actually felt it. They know what that they know what that feels like. They had ex, every time they walked on the field, and again, they had number twelve. But every time they walked on the field, they felt like they could win. They felt like every guy in that lineup could make plays. And we saw it. We saw Rashard Perryman and we saw Cyril Grayson and we saw, you know, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's and we saw whoever, you know, Pierre Desir, whoever they brought in here for injuries and stuff, guys made plays. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. If you were a Buccaneer, they had a standard, you had to meet it and they met it. And the question is how much of that sticks, right? How much of that can carry over without Brady under center. And I don't have the answer to that. I think, I think some, well, a lot of it's going to depend on Mike Evans, Devin. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Levante David. Mm hmm. Uh, Chris Godwin. Yeah. Ali Marpet, Godwin, your stars, Tristan Wirfs, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. Those guys, those guys carrying on. Mm hmm. What Tom Brady brought here. I mean, we talk about this all the time in sports. Teams have to learn how to win. They do. You know, it, it's look. Everyone at this level is elite. Yeah, you're they're the, the best, best of the, the best. Yeah, the best of the yeah. best of the world. No matter, even if you're a backup. There's it's the little things that get you over the top. It's knowing right. how to to compete, knowing how to work together as a team, knowing how to watch film, knowing how to. Every little thing that goes into it, and you know Tom Brady focuses on every detail. Mm-hmm. We know that. Has Devin White learned that? Has Carlton Davis? Has, you know, you name the players on this team. Yeah. You know, have they learned that? And can they carry that on? Yeah. He brought them the winning culture because I think culture is winning, and he taught them how to win, and they won. Um, but... You know, Devin White finished the season and talked about how he needs to be more disciplined. He didn't have a good year. He didn't have the kind of year Devin White needed to have. And if he had, maybe they, you know, maybe they're still playing. I mean, I I don't know. It's hard to put mm-hmm. on one guy, but you know, 
But there's enough guys, to your point, there's enough of a nucleus here, even with their free agents, and they got a ton of them. Mm-hmm. But there's enough of a nucleus here where guys will will know, hey, that's not how we do things. You know, when they get a young player aside, mm-hmm. uh, when a veteran comes in from another team, they can say, look, the last two years we've been, you know, we were world champions and we were division champions, and that's just not how we do it here. You know, this is what we're about. And you hope that that's, that, that sticks. The problem is, in the NFL, you don't make it very far without the right guy at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many to go around. There really is only so many to go around. Um, look at this year's playoffs, you know. Was Joe Burrow the youngest guy, number one pick, to, to make it to the Super Bowl? And, and, and he was a number one overall pick, right? And those guys we know because we live here in Tampa Bay. We saw Jameis Winston win a Heisman and a national championship, just like Joe Burrow. Five years later, he didn't get close to the playoffs. You know, he had one winning season, and they got rid of him. And he's still kicking around out there. So he was no Joe Burrow. Or maybe the team he went to wasn't as good as Cincinnati. But either way, that's a hard road to go to develop a guy and get a draft pick. First of all, you got to stink, get a draft pick that high, and then to develop him. And, and you know, the other quarterbacks, you know, if you don't have that guy – you're not going to be in the game. You know, uh, L.A. Rams went all in. They went all in. Jared Goff was a, was a first-round pick. They invested a ton of money and time in him, and they said, you know what? Not good enough. Not good enough. We went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Not good enough. Lost to Tom Brady. You know what? We're going to go get Matthew Stafford. We'll throw draft mm-hmm. picks after draft picks after first-round draft picks and get a guy who's going to push us over the top. And then during the season, we're going to add – Odell Beckham Jr. We're going to add Von Miller. We're going for it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They're in the Super Bowl. They're in the Super Bowl. No, you might see the Niners move on from Garoppolo, who they absolutely took are. him to a Super Bowl and took him to the NFC Championship this year. And ten point lead should have won. Mm-hmm. Should have won the game. And and Jimmy was playing with a bad thumb, a bad shoulder. Great guy, by the way. They love him in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Fans, writers, the teammates for sure. And yet he said. You know, he said yesterday in his sort of his farewell press conference that how much how much he loved playing there. Um, but he knows he's asked the 49ers and they've agreed to facilitate him in a trade somewhere because he knows they want to move on to Trey Lance and, and he's ready to go someplace else. I got news for you, folks. I'm not the biggest Jimmy G guy. I'm not. That might be as good as you can do this if year. You're the Buccaneers. This year, yeah. I I've looked at the field and everybody wants to say, well, what about Aaron Rodgers? What about him? Then I <laughs> trained him to an NFC team. Yeah, you're not going to an NFC. We we lived this with the same organization and they had a quarterback named Brett Favre. And they were ready to move on with their with Aaron Rodgers as their starter. And it was the Jets and the Bucks. No surprise, he got traded to the Jets. AFC team. If Russell Wilson starts clanging the pans out in Seattle and wants out, they're not going to send him to an NFC team. Unless, unless you know, you got, I don't know, four, four first-round picks or something so ridiculous that in an exchange of players that they can't say no. But there's going to be a big – if you said Russell Wilson's for sale, he's for trade right now, 
they'll start lining up from both conferences, not just the NFC. And they're going to have their choice of where he goes. Now, they'll try to accommodate where he wants to go because he's given that organization a lot, and there's some of that that goes on too. Um, But if you take those two out of it, if you take the two of them out of the picture and just say, yeah, you know, and by the way, Rodgers could stay in Green Bay. He, he, mended, he mended a lot of fences up there. He likes the coach. Uh, they've absolutely got to, you know, re-sign, uh, you know, the wide receiver, Adam. But, and they got some salary cap issues, right? But if he goes anywhere, he's probably going to go to Denver. You know, that's where his offensive coordinator just got the head coaching job. You know, Nate Hackett, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett's out there, and Denver is a team that, has a decent defense, ready to win, maybe bring the free agent receiver with you, and away you go. But it's not going to be Tampa. It's not going to be the Bucks. Could you get a Kirk Cousins? Do you want Kirk Cousins out of Minnesota in his final year? I don't know, maybe. You know, Is Ryan Tannehill for sale? I mean, who are we talking about? Jameis Winston's a free agent. <laughs> I've heard that. Check your sheet. I'll also tell you this, that there are people on the record, Byron Leftwich, Clyde Christensen, to start. Absolutely would love to have Jameis again. Would love it. Hated that they only had one year with him. Hated, felt they let him down. Felt they failed him. It's a better football team. He's older. He's got two years in that New Orleans system watching Drew Brees and playing a little bit himself. Wouldn't be the same guy. Would you do it? I don't think Bruce Arians will do it. And I don't think it's smart to do it. I think there's too much history here. You know? They're remarrying the ex. I, I don't know how that goes. I just. Carolina I tried it. They did. They did try it. And Cam was awful. <laughs> he was done, man. It was a great story for two days, three days, two games. You know, and then as soon as Darnold got healthy, they were playing two of them, and then they were playing Darnold. And that that team, and you know, just just look at that situation. How many teams need a quarterback? Right. The only team in the NFC South that has one is the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan. And for that reason, I give them a chance to win the division next year. New Orleans, we don't know who's going to coach them, but Taysom Hill is your quarterback, I suppose, for now. They need one too, by the way. And that's the thing. And you're picking, you know, you're picking way down the line. So I I don't know. This was, you know, we, we could do obviously hours on Tom Brady, hours and hours. I got my thoughts about who he was. You know, he's only got to meet him once really, face to face, hand, you know, shake his hand. And that was at the Hall of Fame ceremonies when Peyton Manning went in. He took a bunch of guys up there, met him and my, he met my wife. Um, I had the only sit down as far as I know of anybody locally with him in September. And that's the thing. I can remember him getting up from the table and said, we'll do this again. We never did. We'll do this again. I'm going to be here hopefully many, many years. And I thought many, many years. Okay. Well then one more. Sure. I really did. I, I went away from that interview going, wow, this could be great. He could be back at least next year. Well, he's definitely coming back next year. We haven't even, we hadn't even started last year. And he was talking about many years. Maybe he's just going to continue to live here. Hmm. Maybe I misinterpreted <laughs> it, yeah. 
I thought he, he he's not going to live. He's going to live in Miami where they built a seventeen yeah, million yeah. dollar compound. But but he's um, coming back for the next boat parade. He said he wants to be invited. Yes, yeah. for the next one. Now, how old will he be? It took him eighteen years to win a Super Bowl again. Right, when in eighteen, no more than eighteen. Two thousand two, yeah, eighteen. So eighteen years, he'll well, be what push does, pushing sixty something. Does it have to be a Bucks boat parade, or could it be the Lightning this? <laughs> July? Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> lightning, Lightning have a really good shot at it. I mean, she'd have Tom Brady on the on the boat with the Stanley Cup. Yeah, don't throw it. Chance. Don't throw that one. <laughs> don't throw that one. You don't think that one will float? There's only one of those. <laughs> you know, they proved that the that the Lombardi would have floated. Yeah. So. Yeah, but they had, there's lots of Lombardi trophies. There's one Stanley Cup. I mean, there the, the Lightning dented it last year, so. That's right. I saw that. They fixed it. Of course, they have a guy that they have a guy that's attached to it all the time. He did dove in after, I suppose. But um, you know, people got hacked out. That, that was the other thing. People got hacked off, especially in New England. That Brady and his, you know, long Instagram posts thanking everybody. Didn't mention the New England Patriots or Bob Kraft or Bill Belichick. I remember two years ago it was a love fest for that. Yeah. I remember week four of the football season it was a <laughs> Thank love you. fest for that. Thank you. I mean, come on. How much how needy are you folks? You had them twenty years. You didn't want them. This is the other thing. They decided to move on. They decided to move on. He had no contract. Okay, and I'm sorry, but like I, I watched, I wrote the whole week of week four in New England. It was nothing but how much how appreciative he was of the fans, how he knew how that building, everything would smell and look and what kind of guy he was when he got there, what kind of guy he was when he left to family man, you know, loved the fans. Um, they chanting Brady, Brady. When he runs out on the field that rainy night in Boston, he wins the game. And I'm still t- hacked off about this because on deadline, Bill Belichick did something that I've never seen before. He walked over after his press conference and took a seat in the Bucks locker room next to Tom Brady, and they talked for 20 minutes. And Brady didn't get to the podium until, I don't know, right before 1 a.m. and apologized and said, hey, man, I didn't expect, you know, I just had this sit down with my ex-coach. So enough of you needy Bostoners. My goodness. You had him for 20 years. You could have said all the goodbyes you, the two of you wanted to. And they're like, oh, he's retiring from football, not just from the Bucks." Well, the Bucks are his football team right now. That is, that is what the detachment is from. You know, he said goodbye to you folks. He's still under contract with the Bucks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's still theirs by, by the way the business works. But, you yeah, know. He couldn't go to another team. He's not a free agent. And here's the thing. And in, in, in somebody put out there, he's going to sign a one-day contract. And I, I know I mentioned that one day. It, listen, it's not happening. And here's why. They had the game this year when he went back, and he, and he said all they, they, they said all they could about him, and he said all they, he could about them. But do we not think that Robert Kraft's not going to retire his number, that they're not going to have a Tom Brady day? They most assuredly will. I don't know if it'll be next year or the year. I don't know. The year he goes into the Hall of Fame, whatever. But they're gonna they're gonna have a day for Tom Brady. It doesn't have to be this week, or this month, or even in September. But they're gonna have a day for Tom Brady. You know what the Bucks will too. 
I think I think he'll come back to that stadium, and even even having only played there two years, his name and number is going in the Ring of Honor. If they don't build a damn was, statue, that was going to be my question. Will they build a statue for him too? They might. They should listen. They, when Bruce Arians got here, I remember this clear as day. It was you know at start of the 2019 season. Jason like told Bruce, he goes, Bruce, my goal is that you have so much success that we end up building a, a statue for you outside of Raymond James. I don't know about Bruce Arians. I'm going to tell you there should be one of Tom Brady out there. There probably will. They'll want everybody to remember that Brady was a Buccaneer and that he won a world championship here. He won the first world championship for a team in its home stadium. He tore off another piece of history. And he changed probably the franchise forever. Again, I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs next year. They may not even have a 500 record. I mean, I think there's a real fear this is a house of cards because I know what quarterback means in this league. You know, they don't grow on trees, and they're hard to develop. And they got a good football team, and Brady not being here is not going to help them re-sign Jordan Whitehead. It's not going to help Indomitian Sue decide to leave his twins and play another year. It's not going to help them with, you know, Carlton Davis. I mean, money is mostly what's going to talk in those situations. But if you're a guy that's on the fence about retirement, you know, if you're Leonard Fournette and you want to get paid, you're not coming back because you don't have Tom Brady. A lot of those guys came back, most of them, to win another world championship. I don't think there's a guy in that locker room thinks they're going to win a world championship. We'll see who the quarterback is. Maybe that'll change it. But, you know, no no offense to Kyle Trask. We don't know what you are. Well, and, Nobody, and look, no one's saying uh, – and the jury's out, and we haven't seen him throw a pass. I mean, no. it's that preseason. Are you going to win a, a world championship this year with Kyle Trask? No, no one believes that. Probably not. Not in his first year. Yeah. Could he win one in his career? Sure. But his first year? No, no one believes that's going to happen. I mean, I listen. I, I mean, think it couldn't, up, but right. But the upside for Kyle Trask, if he plays, and again, we're a long way from saying he's going to be their guy. In fact, I think the Bucks said everything but he's going to be our guy. When we talked to Jason Light from Mobile and Senior Bowl, where he's looking at quarterbacks, no doubt. Um, his upside would be what Mac Jones, right? I mean, Mac Jones at one point looked like he was going to be Rookie of the Year. And, you know, pocket passer, probably more athletic a little bit than, you know, than Trask. But when those two went against each other, Alabama and Florida, Trask, Trask stayed right on the field with him. I mean, he had Kyle Pitts. He had, he had NFL talent, too. And now he's got all NFL talent, right? Probably get Chris Godwin back as a franchise or, or better. Mike Evans is still here. You know, it's not like you don't have anybody. They'll get a running back. Um, tight end might be tough. But they'll have three-fifths of their offensive line, if not four-fifths, for him. And he might be able to do at least what what Jones did, which, you know, was what? Get his team to the playoffs as a wild card and get killed. But um, but that would be better than than not getting there. But I don't think they're going to go the Kyle Trask route. I, I just sense that they they feel like this team has such a solid nucleus of guys that have now been world champions and you know are ready to win. And it really, 
to be honest with you, there's no rebuilding in the NFL anymore anyway. You start talking about rebuilding, you're fired in two years. You know? I mean, Bruce Arians talked about reloading, and Jason Light called it remodeling, which I think is better. Um, it'll definitely be remodeled. But you're hoping, you're hoping that now you know how to win football games, which really is how not to lose them, to be honest. And you don't turn it over. You don't make pre-snap penalties. You don't hurt yourself with mental errors like we saw in the final game on defense. Um, Communication has to be on point. You know, all those little things that win games, they hope stays with the rest of their players. And if it does and they find a, a serviceable quarterback, they might win the division. This division is wide open. There's no dominant team for sure. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Jason was, you know, parts optimistic and realistic and melancholy about, you know, he sounded like a father where he's like, well, I was, and he was. He was in New England as a scout, I think. He was, I was there for Tom Brady's first pass, his first touchdowns, his first steps when he walked as a child. And I was there for his last touchdown, you know. And so I pretty much kind of saw a little bit of his whole career. Um and so it was emotional for him. Apparently Brady called Jason Light after sometime after the uh Jim Gray podcast to tell him that yeah, I am in fact retiring, just to let you guys know. That whole thing, by the way, can we not do victory laps for Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington, two guys that I respect as much as any two reporters that I know? Okay. Good on them. Here's what I don't get. How come no one's shouting out to Jason Lockenfora? He broke the story. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you think of Jason, like I'm sitting there Friday night at a neighbor's house reading that Tom Brady's retirement is imminent, according to people close to Brady, and that he was going to do it this week. And guess what? He did. 20 hours after he reported it, Schefter and Darlington say it's going to happen, and now everybody believes it. Mm-hmm. And then we had a couple days of, well, the Bucks haven't heard that, and well, he's still undecided. Well, the media got out in front of a story that you know might, isn't ready yet. He was ready. They knew. They knew. Those guys have tremendous ties in the Brady camp. They're with a the family, with everything else. I'm not saying it's the dad who came out and said it wasn't true. I mean, I, I don't know who they talked to. I do know this, though. If I'm not mistaken... I think I looked it up on Google, my Google machine. Man in the Arena, which is still yet to air its final episode, its last episode, okay, where the man leaves the arena. Yeah, that's aired by ESPN. They have a, a, they have a stake in producing that segment, that, that series on Tom Brady's life, his football life, okay, which... Tom Brady gets to end his own way. And how does he end it? At some point, he's got to tell everyone, the world, his family, his wife, I'm done. So that had to be shot somewhere, somehow, between the last game and now. And if so, do we not think people at ESPN know how it ends? When they're getting ready to cut it as a movie? And doesn't Darlington and Schefter work for ESPN? I mean... Are we having a hard time figuring this out? I'm not. You know, like I said, go back to Bill Parcells, who sat next to Chris Mortensen at ESPN every day. 
They knew he was coming to Tampa. They knew he had a deal. They couldn't report it, but they knew. Somebody else beat them to the punch. It was Jason Lancanfora. And, you know, no one doubted. Believe me, I don't doubt what Adam Schefter reports. I don't. Um, Or Darlington, especially when it has to do with Brady. But Brady had not gotten there yet. And apparently he didn't get there on Jim Gray's podcast either. Sometime between Jim Gray's podcast and when we were going to do ours at 9.30 the next morning, he decided, yeah, now now I'm going to do it. Now it's my time for whatever that means. So, And, and I don't know what the Bucks will do. I, I, this is going to be, now we're into the, you're like everybody else that doesn't have a quarterback. That is the worst place to be in the NFL. That is a dark, lonely place, folks. That's the other half of the NFL. You know, for two years, you got to say, aha, we got Brady. And New England for 20 years. Yeah, we got Brady. Okay, now nobody has him. Now you're now you're the Carolina Panthers. How's that feel? Right? That's who you are. You don't even have you're not even the Miami Dolphins that got Tua and, and I don't think they like Tua very much, but at least they got a guy. Right? Mm-hmm. At least they got a guy. Yep. I don't know how the Titans feel about Tannehill. I don't know. They were in the playoffs, but he's under contract. If they want him back. Colts don't seem to be happy with Carson Wentz. Colts don't like Wentz. They're looking for people. Yeah. You know, Cleveland Browns. You like Baker Mayfield? Mm. At least you got a guy, but mm. I don't know. Steelers are looking for a guy? Steelers got nobody. Yeah. Raiders' Derek Carr, at least one more year. They got a new coach. We'll see what he does with him. Denver Broncos don't got a guy. They got nobody. They're looking for the same guy. They're looking for the same dude and have a really better chance at Aaron Rodgers than you ever will, for sure, just by virtue of being in the AFC and having their offensive coordinator as the head coach, Green Bay's offensive coordinator. So, yeah, you're back. You're back into the change the coach, change the quarterback. And, look, Bruce is going to coach this year, but he's 70. Looks like he'll get both uh, coordinators back. We think because this league doesn't do a very good job of hiring black head coaches. Oh my goodness! Did you see that story break over the weekend? Or, or I guess it was uh, Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian Flores suing the NFL. Oh my God! Before we get to that, folks, let me tell you about this because this is we're going to have to get into the story about Flores. The 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete, presented by RP Funding, that's coming up February 25th to the 27th. Right around the corner, uh, it's that beautiful temporary circuit, 1.8 miles, 14 turns on this uh, road track. They use the streets of uh, St. Petersburg, the Circle Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Daly Museum, and, of course, it extends all the way onto the runways at Albert Witted Airport. So for information, race information and tickets, uh, go to gpstpete.com. That's gpstpete.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Brian Flores is a finalist for the Houston Texans job. He thought he was a finalist for the New York Giants head coaching job that went to Brian Dable. Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit against the NFL, and it's a doozy. <laughs> it's got, and, and let me just say this, because of it, the NFL is not hiring Brian Flores as a head coach, period. It would be hard for me to apply for a job at a newspaper and say, oh yeah, by the way, I'm suing you. Can I have this job? No one's hiring him as a head coach. You know, you think Colin Kaepernick had a tough time? This guy, he comes with receipts. So he's supposed to go interview for the Giants job, final, you know, second second interview, I think. Um, and <laughs> it's amazing that Bill Belichick, as smart as he is, you know, the innovative and, and all the Super Bowl, he doesn't know how to work a phone. Or at least he did the tragic mistake of having the name Brian in his phone. And he thought he was texting Brian Dable, and he instead he texted Brian Flores. And he was talking about, hey, congratulations, I hear you got the job. And Flores is like, yeah, I, I think, uh, thanks, I, I'm optimistic. I think it looked, went going really well. And after a while, Belichick realized, oh, God, I screwed up. I, I, thought, I thought I was texting Brian Dable. Well, the only problem with that is if Belichick knew from the Giants, yeah, I talked to them, they said they're hiring you. If he knew who they were hiring before Brian Flores even went for his final interview, that's not really in the spirit of uh, the Rooney rule or anything else. And so because of that and other things that he had on his own owner, Stephen Ross, um, he's got this class action lawsuit, which does a pretty good job of detailing some of the, you know, injustices done uh, with respect to hiring African American head coaches and the double standard that we know exists. The league spent all of two hours digesting this, and without a single investigation, without any of it, came out and said it's it's meritless on its face. Everything in this lawsuit's meritless, without merit. I don't know how you come to that conclusion that quickly, because the evidence would suggest with one African-American head coach around that had to win 15 straight seasons of winning records, you don't have the best track record here. So I don't know where this ends up, but man, talk about did that get the NFL's attention at a time when he's still a finalist for the Houston Texans job. Well, and you wonder, he's applying for or suing with class action status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many other coaches or coaching candidates, coordinators are going to mm-hmm. step up and join the suit? Yeah, and that's going to be the NFL's problem. Mm-hmm. The NFL's problem is they don't know. You know, it's like sort of like, you know, somebody accuses Deshaun Watson of doing something with a, on a massage table, and all of a sudden here's 20 other people. Um, this has been going on for a while, and you talk about text messages now? How many of these type of text messages are out there? How many examples are there? 
Um, and it is class action. You're right. And that means a lot of people can now, you know, hey, has this ever happened to you? And people will be bringing receipts. And it's going to be, it is, not a, it is not a small story. It's a huge story. It's a huge problem for the National Football League. And you can say what you want about Brian Flores, who's a really good coach, by the way. Here's the, the part that I thought was damning beyond belief. And I don't know what, I don't know how they prove this. I don't know what, what he has to prove this because it's just in a suit. It's just written down at this point. But if this is true, he claims that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, wanted the first overall pick and offered Brian, the head coach, $100,000 a game for every game he would lose. Follow this now. Every game he would lose, he'd throw him a hundred extra $100,000 bonus so they could work towards that number one overall pick. What? <laughs> what? What? And that, and that he was mad because Flores started winning and went on a winning streak and hurt their draft status. Unbelievable. He said the quiet part out loud. You know? But to offer a guy a hundred grand a game to throw the game? Essentially, don't win. I'll, I'll give you an incentive not to win a game. That's integrity of the game, man. You can't you can't own a team if you if you try to mess with the integrity of this game. That's all this game has. People have to believe what they're watching isn't rigged. But there's not an incentive to lose. Did Sean win. Payton get suspended for a year for less? Yeah, than that? but I mean, he got suspended for essentially not throwing games or not mm-hmm. betting on losing, but you guys suspended for incentivizing players to hurt other players, you know, with bounties and such. Um, but he was going to pay somebody something. You're incentivizing you know, on the coaches side. to lose games. That's not good. But yeah. Are you kidding and me? What's your fan base think of you now? Right. What am I watching? That's the thing. What am I watching? You know, am I watching a team trying to win every game? And if, and if I'm Las Vegas, which let's face it, football is beholding to gambling they're embracing gambling now these franchises are going to triple in value because they're going to have one day you'll be able to wager from your seat in the stadium you know and i think ross has whether it's fan duels or one of them he's got he's got stock in one of these these uh websites but to think i mean you think pete rose had a problem how can you be an owner and and saying we're going to get bonuses to head coaches that, that lose. It's nuts. It's crazy. If there's anything truth to that whatsoever, he has any. And then you fire way. the coach after he wins. And then you fire him because he did win. He won too much. He had back-to-back winning seasons. The first Miami coach to do that in a long time. And got fired. You know? He mentioned like the guy in Arizona. I can't think of his name. I have to think of it. Look it up. I should have before the podcast. But you know, they had a, a black African African American head coach out there. One season in Arizona, he got fired. The next year, they hired Cliff Kings, Kingsbury. He had the same record or worse losing season, and they kept him. But you know, um, obviously the Texans are firing their coach after one season and just a horrible situation where he had no chance to win down there so you know we can go on and on about this but boy is that going to be interesting problem for the national football league over the next i don't know year or so 
And we're still waiting to hear, you know, New Orleans hasn't hired a head coach. There's still so many jobs that are unf- unfilled out there I'm, I'm surprised by. I guess Miami's narrowing it down. We'll see. Although with this, who knows? Um, yeah. Sounds like Harbaugh's going to Minnesota. Harbaugh looks like he's going to Minnesota. Yeah. And National uh, Signing Day is today, right? That That's correct? correct. Yeah. So good timing there for Jimbo. Well, most yeah. of that class is signed, and they have a top yeah, 10 class. In. Who do you think, like, what, what, do they have someone on the staff you think takes his job? You're a Michiganer. I mean, what? Well, they just lost a defensive coordinator to the Ravens, Mike McDonald. Right, right. Josh Gaddis is the offensive coordinator. I don't know if he's head coach material. He was young when they got him. I don't, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, there's been talk that Matt Rule's interested in the job. I don't know if that's true. Is he a Michigan man, Matt no, Rule? No, but he was no. in college before Carolina, and he's not exactly on not light firm on ground fire. there. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. owners pretty much said he's on the hot seat, or yeah, it's getting warm. So maybe he'd rather just go back to college. I don't. I don't know if that's realistic there. It's a great brand. I'd be interested to yeah. see who they wind up with if Harbaugh leaves. Man. Be amazed at the amount of coaches that may pop up, showing an interest if that. Oh God, yeah. comes open. Oh, I think so. I think so for sure. Just not many of those types of jobs. How about Urban Meyer? No, probably not Urban. Um, yeah, Herb's pre- Herb may be done. <laughs> he might be done. You think? Still stuff coming out about that guy. We'll see if he gets his job. I'm, Back sure, on. I'm sure there's more coming somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. There might be. Um, once one story, then you get a bunch of others. Hey, the um, uh, the St. Pete Grand Prix, the Firestone, not the St. Pete, the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Get it right. Say the name right. The Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, presented this year by RP Funding. It's, uh, of course, set in the downtown streets of the Sunshine City, my hometown, St. Petersburg, and it kicks off. Here pretty quickly, February 25th to the 27th. Uh, it really is the start of Florida's spring break season when you think about it. we got some high-speed excitement down there. Visit gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. Just another racing season that's starting right there in my hometown in St. Petersburg. Um, you were at the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday night. That's their last game before the All-Star break. And mm-hmm. uh, tell you what. That was an entertaining game. San Jose's pretty good. That was a good hockey game. It, it, they are. And, uh, but Victor Hedman is incredible. Oof. He had a whale of a game on Tuesday night. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. And his parents were in town. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they made it to the game um, midway through the first period. So they're going well, to the All-Star game. Well, that's got to be. Why? He showed out in front of his folks. So and they're going yeah. to the All-Star game with him. That's cool. Yeah. They came over from Sweden. Von Sweden, and he had the overtime goal, the three-on-three mm-hmm. overtime goal. They Should win, have had uh, a game winner in the third that went off the post. Yeah, yeah that was a great or shot. Crossbar. Crossbar, yeah. Just I, I, thought it, I thought it landed inside the line, too, but it didn't. Nope. Bank straight down. Yeah, he couldn't believe that. It didn't go in. Yeah. Don't blame him. That was a nice win because they just had the overtime loss uh, the mm-hmm. other day. So now they go to the All-Star. Where's the All-Star game this year? Vegas. Vegas, baby. It's the day before the Pro Bowl. So NHL wow. All-Star game is Saturday. The Pro Bowl is Sunday in Vegas. And there's about 21 Buck players out there right now. Actually, it's like eight. or They got nine named to it. Brady's not going. Shoulder problem. Um, Marpet, or not Marpet, where Marpet is going. 
Tristan Wirfs can't play, but he is going to go just to hang out with his crew. He's got to pay there. for it himself, too. Does he really? I believe I read that uh, if you're not playing, the NFL won't pay. That stinks. But I guess they'd have a hundred. Well, guys but it's there, it's all the guys that are like I don't I don't want to play, but I'm going to go for a free vacation. Yeah. Well, he wants to hang out with his. Bu- I mean, well, no, I get why he wants to go, and 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 good on him. Yeah. You know, as a first timer, yeah, I'd want to be there too. Yeah. Apparently, he might uh, avoid surgery. He might be able to avoid um, having his his ankle. I might might repair it another way. Um, but it's fairly severe problem whatever it was but a long time before he has to do anything on that but yeah it's cool that that he'll be out there so there was a total of nine players named to the pro bowl there's about seven i think six or seven that are still going to play jason lights in mobile they got this the senior bowl this week the practice is bruce arians is not with him bruce arians cannot travel because of that achilles so that wasn't him on the flight no it it was somebody else in a kango hat looked like him from behind, yeah, got fooled me, um, but he he did not go. He is uh, trying to get that. He's trying to avoid surgery, frankly, if he can, and and why not, right? Because our our friend Mark Topkin just had that where they had to completely sever the the Achilles because it was starting to tear, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a brutal sort of rehab. A couple of months with the boot and the whole roller car and all that stuff, um, or whatever that gizmo is. But he's trying to avoid it. Hopefully he will. Um, he also had some nice things to say about Brady. But, you know, he's going to be 70 October of next year. And now he's got a team that's sort of trying to remodel, but without a quarterback. So kind of a weird place to be. But it looks like he's going to get his coordinators back. It looks that way unless New Orleans comes to its senses or um, maybe Jacksonville. You know, Byron's a candidate for both those jobs doesn't look like Todd Bowles is going to get Minnesota or obviously the Raiders hired Josh McDaniel. So that's out. So it looks like Bowles will be back to try to fix his defense. Um, you know, so that that's good for, that's good for uh, Bruce who can still keep his same sort of CEO role and uh, let those guys do what they do and try to tweak it towards and build it towards a new quarterback, whoever that might be. Um, and like I said, I, I've looked at the field unless Andrew Luck wants to come out of retirement. It's like, one guy you know that's going to be traded, not everybody's going to want him, but he's out there and he's got a hell of a record. He's just been hurt a lot. Is Jimmy Garoppolo? Could you win the South with Jimmy Garoppolo? You think? A lot of experience, yes. a lot of playoff experience. I think you could. Absolutely, you could. Yeah. It's just whether or not you think that's good enough. You know, there's somebody or, is door, or can door he learn two. from his playoff? I don't say collapses, but I guess you could call it that. Failures. Yeah. yeah. Can he, can he learn from that in the playoffs and, and grow and build? Right. You know, that learning to win part. And and no matter what you say, I mean, he was hurt, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you can judge guys, but it's hard to judge guys. If you have a thumb injury and you're throwing the football, yep. if you have a thumb and a shoulder injury, remember, he was questionable in both those all those playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, and he still played well enough. Not great, but well enough to put them in position to win in the fourth quarter. And there's some calls that Mike, you know, or that Kyle Shanahan made mm-hmm. uh, that were not good, and in both games. And you know, they went, they just couldn't finish. They couldn't finish as a team. Um, they dropped an interception that would have ended the game. You know, 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of plays, and it's easy to look at the quarterback. But one thing we know is, like, and look, Garoppolo might be that guy that Brady was talking about, but, and I'm not, I'm not banging the drum for him. I don't care one way or the other. But it's like he does have playoff experience. He has a great win-loss record if you care about those things with a quarterback. And he's a veteran. He's somebody that's been, he's been in big games. He's been in the fire, knows how to win um, on a team that knows how to win. Be ironic, right? If he followed Brady, because he tried, he should have done that probably in New England. Um, but we'll see. I mean, there might be guys, probably plenty of guys we're not thinking of that BA may like. But uh, I checked around, and nobody knows who BA likes. It was a little easier when Jameis was was coming up, and um, he was still one of the guys they were considering. And then I knew and had heard that they liked Teddy Bridgewater, who's also still available, by the way. I know it's not going to excite anybody, but I think Teddy Bridgewater couldn't be had, and that was the guy they were going to replace Jameis with if they couldn't get Tom Brady, and they did. So don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. Um, but there'll be guys somewhere between Kyle Trask and Aaron Rodgers that'll fill that job, um, and we're just going to have to play it out. We're, we're going to be one of those teams that everybody talks about, like who's going to get – Who's going to get this quarterback? And there's only it's musical chairs. There's only so many. So we got plenty of mailbag questions uh, tomorrow that we had saved that we were going to go with until Tom Brady dropped the bomb on us on uh, 930 in the morning on Tuesday. But that's okay. So we'll come back with those. want to remind everybody again that the, uh, the streets of the Sunshine City is going to be filled with the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete's presented by RP Funding, and it kicks off. Of course, just a great racing season. Um, if you want tickets, go to, uh, and that's February 25th to the 27th, by the way. If you want tickets, uh, go to gpstpete.com, gpstpete.com for all your race information and tickets. Thanks for listening. Uh, for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 